and back from uh I forget what you even call it. Back from the dead. I was going to say, oh, purgatory. That's the word. Back from <laughs> podcast purgatory. It is the Title Town Times with new co-host Robert Martin and, of course, myself, Nicholas Fargo. What's up? What's up? What's going on, everybody? Uh, it's been a while, but some things have happened. But we're back just in time for this season to start. And uh, again, I have a new co-host, Robert Martin, here with me today. So, Robert, just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Sounds great. Say, born and raised in North Dakota, uh, smack in the middle of Vikings country. Don't hold it against me. Can't stand (laughs) Queens. But uh, science teacher and coach by trade, worked into a school administration, got my Ph.D. at UND. Now I work in higher ed. Um, But uh, all things Packers tonight, baby. Hell Yeah. All right. So speaking of which, uh, we're in the midst of training camp right now. and We got a lot to talk about for sure. Um, So first of all, I think it's appropriate to talk about our standouts for the team. And I have five for each side of the ball, but I don't know how many you would possibly have. But I'll just start out here and we'll go with the offensive standouts since there are significantly less for once in who knows how long. Right. Um. First, I'm going to go, of course, with uh, fan favorite Jake Kumaro. He's just making plays left and right, and that insane catch he made on family night was just amazing. The chemistry he shares with Rodgers is just so evident. Yeah, I just can't wait for him to just catch his break, you know, and he's doing this all with a, uh, what, some sort of uh, hand injury. I don't know if it's his pinky finger or what's going on. I think he's got a jammed finger, but, you know, he catches yeah. everything in sight, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, I got Danny Vitale, the fullback. They're using him in so many creative ways, from what I'm hearing. Like, they're getting him involved in the passing game, and it's like we're trying to bring back the fullback position into relevance. So so what is this guy? Is he like Peyton Hillis, but more athletic? Because every time I hear he's catching something down the seam in a wheel route, he's running over people, he's running around people, and he's making plays left and right. I mean, it could be Peyton Hillis, but he's also just... <laughs> He's also just a lot more muscular than him. People call him Muscles Molasses at camp. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also got Trevor Davis, but we've also seen him stand out at camp before, but that not amounts to much to anything during the season. So I'm cautiously optimistic about that. Yeah, and then, I, I would agree with you on him. I, you know, the thing about Trevor Davis is he's he's usually flashy in shorts. You know, he's so dang fast. But now he's making plays when the pads are on. So maybe this is his his breakout moment. I guess. Yeah. Well. Hopefully, um, I'd like to see him in that slot more often for sure. Um, and then, and then we got Robert Tanyan, tight end, who I thought deserved more of a break last year. Um, that catch he had against Seattle was just amazing well and also it was a fantastic throw by Aaron of course but just he was right there when he needed to be and I think he deserves more chances on the field yeah I really do too and when I look at Tanya and I look at a guy who's coming into his own you know the thing about him is he, he can also block so we got he's probably the most complete tight end on the roster as far as uh, the entire skill set I hope that the coaches give him that shot because I think he's earning it every day yeah, I think so, too. And with Jimmy Graham obviously over the hill right now, um, hopefully Sternberger uh, kind of uh, develops further and further. I mean, I know he's a rookie, and the tight end position is one of the hardest positions to adjust to at the NFL level, but uh, Sternberger's got a ways to go from what I'm hearing. 
yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. And, and like we said, you know, if uh, if Graham can give us anything this year, I mean, last year was such a disappointment. So, but but Tanya has got to be knocking on the door. I mean, he if he just keeps making plays, I just don't know how they can keep him off that field. I, I agree completely. And then also, I'm going to throw Aaron Rodgers in there. Um, I know that he hasn't made too many headlines, but I guess it's just commonplace for him to stand out. Like it's, it would be a surprise if he doesn't stand out, you know? Yeah, I can't wait. You know, I know that we have to trudge through this uh, training camp and preseason because at the end of the day, people are fighting for roster spots. But we have to keep in mind, you know, the offense is being scaled back. We're, they're not they're not showing everything now. And we're not hearing about exactly. a lot of offensive highlights or whatever. But you, you just get this feeling that Aaron's almost giddy about this new new style. And, uh, you know, he's learning again. So things are fresh. And I, I just think uh, he's going to go back to an MVP uh, type of form, I believe. Don't let Bears fans hear that because they try to hear everything that Aaron and Matt LaFleur slightly disagree on. And they think, <laughs> oh, 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 God, trouble in paradise. Oh, Rodgers is uncoachable. Oh, my gosh. He's such a diva. He's worse than Ben. Ro- he's worse than Antonio Brown. Yeah, they're going to find out week one. Week one, they're going to know. Oh, yeah. And plus, they don't have Vic Fangio anymore. So that was huge. Yeah, they Chuck Pagano is there. Chuck Pagano is their defensive coordinator now. <laughs> asking me how that worked out. Exactly. Um, but anyways, I'm gonna go with my uh, defensive standouts now. Uh, anyways, did you have any offensive standouts? You know, again, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, I think um, you know Bakhtiari again, solid. Uh, you know, I know he's been getting beat a little bit by Z. I know we're gonna probably get to him on the defensive side of the ball, but. You know, you, you've got uh, Brian Balaga as well. Who's, he's stoning guys in camp is what I'm hearing. And if he can stay healthy, if we can have those bookends like this, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm feeling really good about the offensive line. But it's a, it's a, it's a health situation once again. For sure, definitely. Um, Balaga's had those injury troubles lately, and it's brought up the question of whether we need to look at this offensive tackle class in the 2020 draft class or uh, – look to sign somebody in free agency because apparently the Packers do that now. <laughs> That's um, right. But uh, defensive standouts, I got to go with two edge players here with Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary. Zadarius Smith, like you said, has been beating David Bakhtiari in one-on-ones and that just shows everything right there. Showing that uh, this guy's the real deal. We signed him for a reason and it was money well spent. It really was. And the scuttlebutt that I'm hearing is that he walked in from day one in the locker room. And he's just, he's got moxie. I mean, this this dude is going to be a captain maybe without the C in the jersey. People look up to him when he speaks. They listen. And he's kind of, he's almost got like a, a Julius Peppers kind of presence. You know? Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking when I was talking about him. But in terms of size, I think more Rashawn Gary when I think of Julius Peppers who has just... Oh man, he's been so athletic during camp. Like, I hear, I've been reading these updates saying, oh, it would have been a sack. Oh, he would have gotten a tackle for a loss here. And mm-hmm. that's just fantastic. I love hearing about that, especially when people kept complaining about his lack of production at Michigan, which I thought was just completely overblown. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know what? I hate to admit this, um, but I am a Michigan Wolverines fan. So I'm, I'm a transplanted uh, dude. I'm not one of those Brewers, you know, Packers, Badgers guys, I guess. Oh, Packers I, first I, always, but and that's why I'm here. But I tell you what, I've watched – the reason I bring that up is I've watched a lot of Gary's film, and um, 
he was misplayed at Michigan. Um, oftentimes, uh, uh, he would eat up a ton of blocks and different things. And when you got two and three offensive uh, linemen that are geared and um, directed at you every single play, I mean, and he still he still did okay, but man, did those linebackers have a free run at Michigan, and he was the reason why. Exactly. Um, and don't worry about being a transplant. I'm a Packers, Hoosiers, Indiana Hoosiers, uh, Pacers, and there you go. yeah kind of guy over here in indiana so packers first though overall, packers. So. go pack yeah sure. yeah um another defensive standout i had was kadar holman the rookie corner he's been making some plays as well early in camp and he's fighting for a roster spot as a i think he was a seventh a sixth round pick and Honestly, uh, from what I've been hearing, he's been surprising a lot of people, but it shouldn't shock anybody because of how athletically he tested at his pro day. Exactly, and, and what I'm hearing from campus, he's got a little bit of dog in him too. He's not afraid to get up and, and jam people and just stone them at the line. So he's got some he's got some mean straight to him, and, and I think we need that in that secondary. Most definitely. Um, also, the man who I believe who is the reason why we ended up cutting Mike Daniels, Montrevious Adams, has been making a lot of plays in camp as well, and people are raving about him. Absolutely. In fact, even Petten came forward because he was not he was a naysayer in the past, and Petten doesn't mince words, and he basically said before that he didn't think he was, you know, even the real deal whatsoever, but he's been impressed. So um, if, if Petten is saying it, um, you know it's that he's flashing something because he doesn't just throw out compliments. Exactly. Um, and it took Montrevious a while to come into the fold, but when Mike Daniels is over you, it kind of makes it difficult to get on the field unless Mike Daniels gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And now Montrevious has his chance here because obviously the Packers didn't feel that Daniels was a good fit for their system. Well, and a lot of it was, you know, body type. When you look across the board now in our defensive line, these these guys are like six four, six five, six six, and they're they're tall across the line. That's not really Mike Daniels' thing, and they've got a wingspan too. So, um, Mike Daniels is your just kind of your little boulder, you know, bulldog type of guy, and, and great player, and I think he's going to do fine in Detroit, but just didn't fit our system for what uh, Lafleur wanted. Yeah, and I was talking about that with another person earlier, saying, "Hey, he might fit Detroit better than he was fitting Petten's system." So. Right. It's a kind of a win-win, unfortunately. I wish it was a win for us and a lose for Detroit, but obviously I can't say that because Mike Daniels is still a great player yep. at his age. Yeah, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a big boost for them, especially next sure. to uh, that pork chop, whatever they call that other tackle. I can't think of his name. I just know his nickname, but he's pretty good too. Yeah. Um, and then Adrian Amos, who we signed from the Bears, who the Bears want to say is not as good as haha Clinton Dix for some reason, which I think is just asinine. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that was ridiculous. Yeah, haha Clinton Dix forgot how to tackle or fails to uh, want to anymore. And I think Amos is a ball hawk and he's willing to tackle. So, um, you know, I guess time is going to tell, but I, I really like that, uh, that swap. I'll take Amos over Clinton Dix any day and twice on Sunday. And then also Amos adds more versatility than HaHa. You could actually put Amos in the box if you need to, but I don't think we put HaHa in the box a lot. We made him more of like a single high safety type of guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't, I, I'd hate to accuse anybody of being unwilling to, to put their nose in there, but at times it seemed like he was either slow, late, or didn't take the right angles because he just wasn't around the ball like he used to be. 
yeah, and like the time where he got that turnover against Buffalo last year was honestly a shock to me. I was like, really? That was Same. Uh-huh? Same. <laughs> Same. And the one against Washington. Oh, yeah, that's true. And a lot of people want to bring up HaHa's interception numbers, but he was just at the right place at the right time, in my opinion. It wasn't like, oh, he read the quarterback's eyes and everything like that. No, he was just in position at that random moment, I guess. You know, just turn back in the, turn back the clock a little bit. I, I don't think we've really had a safety of a extremely high caliber since Nick Collins. And I, I agree. You know what? With Amos and Savage, um, they they seem from the from the superficial level at least they really complement each other. I do think Amos can slide down in the box and make some plays. Savage can simply run. That that he's an athletic freak. That guy. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Botch, Botch Lombardi. He's this guy on YouTube who does a lot of film review. Uh, he called. He gave uh, before we drafted him. Uh, he gave Darnell Savage the nickname of Lil Missile. Like he might be undersized, but he's gonna hit you. Like oh my a, god! Like a freight train. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. And I'm sure you know that being an Indiana guy and me being Michigan, I remember him from Maryland. He was he was a dude. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely. Um, but speaking of training camp, uh, the Packers are currently it. Well, I guess they didn't have uh, practice today, from what I'm hearing. But they had a couple of practices with the Houston Texans before their preseason game, and Lafleur and Rogers had different opinions on how they feel about joint practices. Matt Lafleur loves joint practices and wants to have them in the future. And Meanwhile, even more than once. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, And Aaron Rodgers is thinking, I don't like this at all. It's dangerous for us because, like, we're not on the same team. We're not really as concerned about each other's safety. And I can honestly see it both ways, honestly. Because uh, with Rodgers' side, yeah, there's more chance of an injury, in my opinion, because... uh, they are two different football teams playing against each other, and I doubt that they have much remorse about hitting someone hard as they would for their own teammates. But on LaFleur's side, I can also see you're getting game action before the preseason game, playing against different opponents. Yeah, you know, they say iron sharpens iron, right? So I think uh, I can see LaFleur's... Uh side of this through his lens um at the same time like you like i agree with you rogers is uh he's come out and said you know the kickoff is the the most dangerous play in football and if they're gonna run live kickoffs and things like that against each other that's not not very bright and uh i, I agree with rogers in that space too i think that there's some things that they could be doing in joint practices that surely would help um whenever you can go against ones the one-on-ones and the uh you know you're definitely driving up that level of competition in that in that area mm-hmm. but you know, I think Rogers' biggest problem with the whole thing is he feels like they really have to tap the brakes on on the offense because they don't want to show anything and they're trying to be vanilla and different things like that because it's a copycat league and you know that if the Texans see anything that they're gonna they're gonna communicate that to people. We don't want them to to have that information and whatnot. So I think Rogers' biggest deal is just pushing uh, back the offense when he thinks that they could have been hitting the gas pedal for those two days. I think so too, and honestly. Again, it goes back to a bunch... Like, everyone's looking at this and thinking, oh, Aaron Rodgers is beefing with Matt LaFleur. Uh, They hate each other. 
they're, this isn't gonna work. Like, the season hasn't even started yet, people, and they've had nothing but nice things to say about each other. It's just that they differ on some of their ideas. Oh, that, and that's always gonna happen. I think, you know, we, we can't be behind the scenes, unfortunately, but there's tons of there's arguments and, and conflict in general. It doesn't have to be negative all the time either. I think there's a healthy amount of conflict that has to happen at times for people to move forward. And I think sure. it's no, no different professional football. I do think that Rodgers is, um, like I said before, he's fresh and he's got a, a new offense to learn. And let's be honest, there was a, there was a schism between McCarthy and Rodgers and Rodgers simply didn't respect the man for his uh, football intelligence at the end. He just didn't. And his he felt like his scheme got stale. His voice was stale and right. it was time for a change. I think so too, and honest, and I have a lot to say about uh, the whole Rogers and McCarthy thing. Like back when he had that radio interview, people saying like, "Oh, Rogers hates McCarthy," and I was just like, "Yeah, they might have had a bit of a feud, but why would Aaron sign that contract knowing that if he played well, McCarthy was still going to be his coach?" Exactly. So. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Everyone's saying that Aaron wants to leave Green Bay, but even though he's done so much for this community, nobody who wants to leave a team is that active in the community like Rodgers is. Like, the guy owns, like, a minor... Like, he's a minor owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. <laughs> like, he loves Wisconsin. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that relationship's gonna end anytime soon. To be honest, I mean, you never say never, but but he's he's happy uh, right where he's at. He's in a system now that I feel like even that whole the whole you know Aaron can't call audibles. He's just got to run the play. That was so overblown. He, he needed oh, to for learn sure. the offense first, you know, and then and now he's got total freedom. It just came out. He's got total freedom to change a play if he needs to. And the yeah. he'd be a complete idiot if he took that off this table for for somebody with the intellect and ability of Rogers. He sees things, right? And I think Matt LaFleur even said that, too. He was like, yeah, I can't not let Aaron do that if he sees something because he is one of the uh, greats in this league. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm really glad that uh, training camp is underway. Finally, it's been a long way, a long, grueling way. It feels like this offseason was the longest one in a while. Because there were just so many questions that need to be answered, I guess. Yeah, for, for me, it was the anticipation of all, all this change and, and change is scary and, and different things like that. But, you know, when I look at it, I, I feel like, at least to this point, it just seems to me like they're, they're so much more athletic and they've gotten so much faster on the field. I mean, that used to be our Achilles heel. It was just, it was speed. We didn't didn't have a lot of it. But we got that dude, that, that back now, Corey Grant. He's running like a... 42840 and we've got Trevor Davis who's a burner and MVS is a burner. We got guys that can fly. And you know, then J- Jair, I mean on the back on the defensive side, and we've got guys that can fly. And then you got people with just like amazing releases off the line. Like Devontae Adams has the best release in the NFL. He's Houdini. Oh, you can't touch him. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I go back to that Eagles game in 2016 when Rogers somehow fit it through that uh, defensive back's hands right. and just went <laughs> right to Devontae. And I'm just like, wow. That's it. There's only a couple guys can make that play. And Rogers is one of them. And, and actually, he might be the only one. And 
And to think Packers fans wanted Devontae cut after 2015 is just unreal. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, Devontae Adams isn't going to win a a 40-yard dash, but I tell you what, because of that release, because of the precise uh, routes that he runs, and you know what, from from that um, rough stretch he did have with some drops, you don't, you just don't see him dropping the ball anymore. It's so it's almost like that was just uh, a distant memory. Yeah, that guy just spent like six hours every day in front of the jugs machine. I bet. Right. right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna take a break here, and then we're gonna talk about the upcoming preseason game against the Houston Texans. So we'll see you right here on the Title Town Times. And we're back, everybody. And now we're going to be talking about Packers football finally coming back. Well, at least preseason ball is. And we're finally going to see the green and yellow take the field in pads. And it's going to be amazing. Well, hopefully it will be amazing. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Um, And with that, that brings up the question... Does Rodgers play this week? Because we know that he's sat out before. That's when he truly knew the offense. This is a completely new system for him. So I believe it begs the question of whether Rodgers will actually play this week. You know, I, I'm hearing things that he's not going to play in week one. However, he's uh, he's lobbied in the past to play. He, he wants to work in the preseason. Um, oftentimes, he's even... I don't want to say uh, so much as grumbled about not playing, but he's made his little points in the media saying he needs to be out there a little bit. Um, he wants to play. Whether or not uh, LaFleur gives him the green light, I don't know. I'm hearing no for the first week, but um, we're going to know tomorrow night. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. And what do you think you'd like to see? Well, from... first and foremost... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, what do you think you'd like to see uh, in general from the starters or the... Uh, people fighting for a roster spot okay certainly the first thing first and foremost is let's get out healthy um at at all possible and we've we've had that injury bug i don't know how many years in a row and i know that fans of other teams say hey we've got it just as bad as you do but i've actually looked at that before just i'm kind of a a nerd like that I've, i've looked at how many people we put on ir compared to other teams and you know what we do rank at the top i mean not always one, but we're in the top third of the league, and we have been for like the last five years. So I mean, it's one of those things where we gotta get, we gotta just keep guys healthy. Um, 2010, when we won the the whole thing, that was an anomaly. We had like 16 or 15 guys in the IR and still won the Lombardi. That doesn't happen most of the time. So we gotta yeah. keep these guys healthy, you know. I agree completely. Um, a healthy team is a good team. I mean, look at Chicago. They unfortunately stayed healthy for the most part and had a great season. Now, I don't think they're going to maintain that because who stays healthy twice, two years in a row? That just that hardly happens. Yeah, they, um, had, uh, they had some pixie dust on them last year as both sides of the ball were in the top six teams for, for health. They didn't lose, so they were ranked in the top six. Well, you know what? When you, when you can put that together, you should win some games. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, but this isn't about that team down south. Um, yeah, no. Let's not talk about them and their... No. And their the Bears suck. Oh, yeah. The Bears still suck. Even Absolutely. though 
even though we should have gotten Khalil Mack, but we got Zavaria Smith. I'm cool with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, and plus, we can go into how that Khalil Mack trade is going to hurt the Bears later on, for sure, in terms of cap space. Absolutely. They, they have cap hell coming because of that contract. Yeah, Getting back exactly. to the preseason, the, the, the one thing that I, another thing I want to see out of this game, though, and that, I don't want to overstate this, but I do feel like in this preseason, it's important to get some momentum and, and think. I feel like LeFleur being his first year, they got to win a couple of these games. I, I mean, agree. I hate to see us just uh, completely blow these games, you know, off and just try to get folks time and whatever else, and we just get crushed for four straight weeks. Because then you, the doubt creeps in. You know, is this working? I mean, are we in the right system and things? So I would love to see him win a game. I'm not necessarily sold that they have to win tomorrow night. I'd love to have it happen. It's in Lambeau Field. It's the first one of his career, you know, LeFleur's career and whatnot. But um, I do feel like they should win a couple games in this preseason, if not three. If they can do that and get some momentum rolling. Um, but let's remember, we have the Bears and the Vikings weeks one and two. Those are huge uh, For sure. uh, games, you know, to start the year. Yeah. And plus, like, if we end up, like, crap in the bed with, uh, <laughs> with in preseason, all of these fans in the media are going to just, it's going to be insufferable on Twitter. Absolutely. The sky will be falling, right? Yeah, no kidding. Like, every time Aaron Rodgers is in a headline where it might seem that he's disgruntled, it's, you got your Colin Cowards and your Skip Baylesses talking about how much of a diva Aaron is and how he's uncoachable and you can't work with him or anything like that. And that's just the last thing that Packers fans need for their sanity right now. Yeah. And, and for my sanity, I'd like to say this uh, on the air is that Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd can pound sand, both of them. I agree. Either one of those guys. I agree. And then Colin Cowherd, not to uh, divert the subject too much, but he'll like make up for it like two months later saying how good Aaron Rodgers is. And I'm just right. like, make up your mind, dude. Right. That's yeah. like even more in that's even more like infuriating than what Skip Bayless does. Like at least Skip Bayless is consistent. Yeah, Skip Bayless might as well put his Dallas Cowboys hat on when he's on the air because um, he's just all about you know uh, Prescott and Elliott and the rest, and it's just all Cowboys. But you know the other the other thing that I want to uh, touch on in this preseason game is you know we got we got some young guys. You mentioned ones being a Holman in the in the back end. I, you know, yes. I want to see him. I want to see him in live action. I want to see some of these young guys. You know, obviously Savage is a number one safety, but he's got to get on that field. Um, not to mention Rashawn Gary and some of these folks that we have uh, kind of as the next generation, if you will. So that, that to me, that's what preseason is about, too. I mean, you, you hear about the Ty Summers and you he's, he's playing sideline to sideline. You, we just got a lot of good things happening in training camp. But let's do it tomorrow night on the field and let's watch these young guys uh, grow. And that, that's what preseason's for. For sure. And I'm excited to see if any of our special teams have improved because I know we got rid of Ron Zook. And oh, that, thank God. that was, besides the McCarthy firing, that was the firing I was looking forward to the most. Yeah, that, you know, that one and uh, the strength and conditioning team, although they kind of stayed the same, I think their, uh, some of their roles kind of changed a little bit, but strength and conditioning was another one for me. I was hoping that they would just blow up that box because you can't be this uh, injury riddled. That something's, something's not clicking in their, in their regimen. I don't know what it is. They're not behind the door, but. Um, when you get hurt that much, it's like, how are you guys training? And, and 
there's got to be you think they're in the NFL race they probably have the knowledge of uh, of a king in that space but why is it happening to the Packers and I want to bring up the fact that it is in Wisconsin and it is cold and it kind of just makes the bodies a little more you know susceptible to injury but I'm not saying that that's an excuse but I'm just saying that could play into it a little bit yeah that is true that is true um but yeah I agree that the strength and conditioning needed an overhaul for sure um but special teams we lost so many games because of special teams that Ty Montgomery fumble against the Rams that pretty much that pretty much had us kick him off the team say go over to Baltimore right yeah, special, special teams needs to pick it up. I mean, and I'm hearing uh, this last, was it two practices ago? I think the first uh, joint scrimmage with the, the joint practice with the Texans, we gave up two huge uh, kickoff returns against the, the Texans. That's that's concerning to me because that, that For sure. has to end. I mean, you shouldn't be hearing about that as some highlights in some uh, training camp little clip that, um, you know, the, the Texans busted two. It's like, come on. Yeah, that is, that's insane. That, that's got to be cleaned up right now. And I know it's early in training camp and everything like that, but it's... And I know it's a new special teams coordinator as well. Yeah, spe- special teams just has just been our Achilles heel. I, special teams has just been our Achilles heel. I, I think about, you know, we, we've kind of been spoiled a lot with Mason Crosby and different things, but he's had his moments, you know, recently too, where he's really struggled, the Lions game being one of them. Oh, yeah. One for four, one for five, even, or something crazy like that. And then, you know, uh, Scott, our, our second year punter now, you know, he, uh, he's got to find some consistency. This guy can't yeah. continue to be a, you know, 50 yards and uh, 5.1 seconds of hang time, one punt, then, then kick the thing for 28 with a 3.7. You, you got to find some, some, uh, Consistency. I, I would rather. I'd, I'd rather have a forty-seven yard uh, a punt guy that can put it up there to four point eight. I mean, then have this fifty-seven yard punt guy, and then a thirty, then a sixty-two, then a you know thirty-five. I mean, he's got to find it. Yeah, he definitely does have to find it for sure, especially since the Packers drafted him. You just don't draft punters unless they're like elite. And where did they get him? The fifth round. I want to say. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's not like it was like one of the last picks in their draft. I mean, this is a fifth round guy on a punter. He's got to show I'm, out. I'm just, I, even more than that, I'm just mind blown that they spend a draft pick on a long snapper. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, man. I know how many swear words came out of my mouth the moment they said that. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I mean apparently he's been solid in camp, but. He's still a long snapper. He's a long snapper. Yeah, unbelievable. You just don't draft long snappers. You just don't. <laughs> no kidding. Um, but speaking of Crosby, um, since he was out for the start of camp, they've been using uh, Sam Thicken, and they said that he's actually been doing pretty well in camp. So that brings up the question of, do we give Crosby the benefit of the doubt? Or do we realize that maybe Crosby's time has passed and we don't give him that Adam Vinatieri treatment? You know, it's interesting because the Packers historically have, they, they tend to hang on to guys a little bit longer than maybe another team uh, would. And, I, and I, I don't even want to bring this up, but I'm going to. New England Patriots, the way that organization runs, 
they, they're they're masterful at it. They they seem to get rid of guys maybe the year they should, um, maybe even a year before they should at times. But but it keeps that that uh, pipeline full of talent that comes through the the, the barrel. And I'm just not sure about uh, Mason Crosby. He comes with a pretty good cap hit for a kicker. Um, he's been consistent over time, but he does have his lapses. We all know that. This Dickens, he hit a 64 yarder in uh, Family Night. And yeah, made, that was insane. It was a bomb. I mean, and literally this guy, I mean, he's missed a couple in camp, but for the most part, he's been solid. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, five or six days and different things like that. So apparently he's putting it through the upgrades. And if you can get him on the cheap and he can do the same job Crosby does, does it warrant bringing the guy back? I, We got some guys coming up that need that money. For sure. Um, I think if, I mean, even if it is just kicker money, like a penny saved is a penny earned. And that penny earned can get you some really good talent yeah i think i think mason crosby's gonna um have a have a competition for real I, they've brought in kickers in the past but i think it was more as a, a, a like a psyche play if you will kind of yeah. a jedi, jedi mind trick right to bring in somebody to say mason you know we're watching you you better pick it up when really it was his job no matter what they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna let him go but i i think we're closer to a real competition than we're not at this point in and ficken um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't sleep on him if I was Mason Crosby. I want to make sure right. that ball's going to be upright or he's going to be, um, he's going to be searching somewhere else. No kidding. Uh, but yeah, like about that psyche thing, especially after that 2012 year that he had, oh, that brutal. was worse than last year. Absolutely. Oh yeah. man. I couldn't like every time I was just like, please just get a touchdown. So we don't have to rely on Crosby this year. Yeah, unbelievable. And, you know, the thing about Crosby, and I know you know this, but he came from Colorado. So this guy, yeah. I mean, he's, he's used to kicking in some weather and different things and outside and different things. So he, I mean, it, Lambeau Field's not an easy place to kick. And I think he's done overall a phenomenal job. Um, For sure. He's the leading kick. He's the leading scorer in yep, history. Absolutely. But we, we got to have him put the ball through the uprights. It's kind of a what have you done for me lately league. So, you know, get healthy, compete in camp and see if they, uh, they give him the job. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of staying healthy, um, a certain cornerback from Washington uh, suffered a little bit of a hammy injury, and that is uh, Kevin King, suffering his third injury in going into his third year in the NFL. And what were you going to say? I was just going to say, as his former science teacher, I I can promise you that the shoulder has nothing to do with the hamstring. However, Kevin King might be proving wrong the guy just cannot stay healthy it's it, usually it's his shoulder um you know popping in and out now it's his hammy and this dude is talented um there's no question about it i mean when he's when he's right um we might have one of the best cornerback tandems with jair um alexander if if uh king could stay healthy but that's just a huge f huge yeah definitely and this brings up the question because i see this a lot on packers twitter uh does this validate the, the anger of the fans who wanted TJ Watt in the first round of that 2017 draft? I think it begs that question. Hey, you there? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me okay? You were cutting in and out. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Okay, so does this validate the anger of fans who wanted tj watt in the first round of that 2017 draft well i don't know if it validates it but it's coming closer to validation i mean 
the guy has to stay on the field. I mean, I don't think anybody can deny the talent that King has, but TJ Watt's doing it on Sundays. And at the end of the day, uh, uh, push uh, Packer. Yeah. T.J. Watt with, uh, what was his name again? I lost my train of thought, the linebacker. Um, you know, we did it. You know, he's gone. Oh, Vince thing. Beagle. Beagle, thank you. Yes, yes, Beagle. We, you know, we thought we were getting the, the maybe the the second tier version of T.J. Watt with him. But uh, no, I, I think validation, it's coming. If King doesn't stay on the field, that validation is going to be a real thing. I mean, T.J. Watt was, and I know people can take this list with a grain of salt, but the NFL Top 100 on NFL Network, T.J. Watt was on that list. Right. And I know that people are saying it's just a popularity contest. However, this is voted on by the players, or so they say. And obviously, his peers believe that T.J. Watt is a Top 100 player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen and a little bit of T.J. Knows- Watt. He's, in, he's a beast. I mean, he's got a motor just like his brother. The only difference I'm, is they're just they're different body styles, but I mean they got the same motor. I'm still bitter about that face mask he gave to Brett Hundley during that game we had against the Steelers uh, right. in 2018. That was insane that they didn't call that. Yeah, there's been a few face masks over time that that have gotten me that way. Oh yeah, uh, Arizona, Arizona in the playoffs with Rodgers. I mean, how clear and he never let go the whole time. Exactly. And then Lions fans want to get mad that a little finger uh, pulled Rogers' face mask. I'm just like, we've earned that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we we have Hail Mary earned too. that. Exactly. If you don't like it, then just stop the Hail Mary. And then you right. win the game. Exactly. <laughs> it's your fault for letting that happen. All right. Well, anyways, I think that's going to bring a close to this uh, first episode of our revival of the Title Town Times. Uh, Robert, thank you for joining this show, and I look forward to having you for future episodes. Uh, awesome, man. Thanks for having me. I had a blast tonight. Yeah, sounds good. All right, everybody. Keep it keep it real, and go Pack Go, everybody. Go Pack Go, baby. All right. Yep.